With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Pour one more beer for me. Exile needs quality. So savagely. Best beer in all the land. Brewed with a loving hand. From bottle, keg, or can. Exile Brewing. E-X-I-L-E. For me. E-X-I-L-E. Let's drink. Crack open a Ruthie today. Enjoy your HN Podcast brought to you by Exile Brewing Company. Coming at you from the Exile Brewing Company studios following Iowa's 44-41 overtime victory against Iowa State. On uh, just this ninth day of September, it was nearly six years ago to the day, September 10th, 2011, when Iowa lost by the same score, 44-41 in Ames in triple overtime. And I tweeted before right as the game went to overtime that that in my opinion and i've covered this game professionally since kirk arrived at iowa uh i guess quasi professionally in 99 uh, and then i started getting paid to do this in 2000 and of course prior to that you know hayden had the 15 years in a row before iowa state snapped that streak in 1998 most of those games of the hayden fry era were not competitive Iowa was simply the better team by a wide margin. And we all, we all, we all, in nine against Iowa State all time, uh, gets one up on it. And he's had some struggles with them. This game has been, this game has been unpredictable most every year. And I will say, and I, I know that there is a, there is a temptation to always rate the latest as the greatest. But when you consider there was just one turnover in this game, there Iowa State had three turnovers in 2011, Iowa had one. Just one turnover in this game. Iowa led by 10 points early in the third quarter. They trailed by 10 points, I think, in the fourth quarter. They won in overtime. The type of big plays that both teams made, this is, this was, in my opinion, the best Iowa-Iowa State game maybe since the 1970s, maybe since they fired this back one up. It was played at a pretty darn high level. Iowa gained 497 yards of offense. Iowa State, 467 yards. Now, I know some of you are out there saying, well, it wasn't very high level for the Iowa defense, John. They got torn up by Iowa State's receivers and that Montgomery fella. As expected. And when I say as expected, that's what I expected. I thought that Iowa was going to be hurt all day long by Iowa State's wide receiving core, by a talented quarterback that can throw the ball a ton in Jacob Park, and by Montgomery. Go back and listen to the podcasts all week long. And yes, I thought Iowa State would win the game. The game went to overtime, okay? So I think I was in the realm of the, uh, the, the, the hunt there. I said that Jacob Park would throw 45 or more times in this game. He threw 46 for 347 yards, four touchdowns, and one huge huge interception. Parker Hesse 
intercepting that ball at the line of scrimmage. What in the how often do you see that? And I thought we were going to relive 2001 all over again when he was making the the return on the interception. I thought that Iowa State tackler was going to strip the ball out of his hands from behind like we saw happen to Grant Steen and Ames in 2001. Was not to be Iowa scored a field goal off of that one. And then they forced Iowa State to punt. And Iowa State got off a punt down to Iowa's nine-yard line with 3.01 to play. And no, I didn't think Iowa should have let more time run off the clock and saved the timeout. There was 3.15 left when Iowa called their final timeout. The, the announcers, who had a bad day, the announcers saying that Iowa should have saved one timeout. No. What are you saving that timeout for, to stop the clock? Yes, you can stop the clock in college football with the spike, and you also would have given up 40-some seconds. You don't do that. Not with over three minutes left in the game. It's really not even debatable. Iowa gets the ball back on their nine with 3.01 to go. Already having had put together two other drives in the game of 10 plays and 11 plays that covered 91 yards and covered 94 yards. By the way, I'm surprised Kirk didn't put Matt Vandenberg back to return that punt uh, because I think he would have probably caught it and gained some more field possession there, but that's, you know, who cares at this point in time. And Iowa, on their final drive, you know, their final drive of regulation, they go seven plays and 89 yards for the score. And Nate Stanley was putting money in the bank with some underneath throws, but Akram freaking Wadley. That play that he made, the touchdown reception that he had for 46 yards, is one of the best singular efforts, mystifying singular efforts, I've seen by an Iowa player in my, what is it now, since 1981 when I began watching Iowa football that I can remember. That was a Ronnie Harmon jaw-dropping style of play. And those of you too young to remember Ronnie Harmon, you missed out, but you're getting a little bit of an idea of what he was in watching Akron Wadley. Wadley on the day, 28 carries for 118 yards, four receptions for 72 yards, and two scores. Akron Wadley's not a big guy, but we saw it last year against Michigan, and we saw it today against Iowa State that he can put this team on his back. And just that that was an unbelievable play. Iowa blocked so well. I'm looking forward to watching this game again from an offensive standpoint. Iowa blocked extremely well. I really, I mean, Iowa State's defensive game plan, no surprises at all. Iowa State came out, Iowa came out, 497 yards of offense, 164 rushing. Nate Stanley, 27 of 41 for 333 yards, five touchdown passes, and no interceptions. <laughs> Going to be a pretty big runner for Big Ten Offensive Player of the Week. Let me say that again. 27 of 41, 333 yards, and five touchdown passes to no interceptions. Folks, in 2012, the last time Iowa had a new offensive coordinator, the first year of the Greg Davis offense, James Vandenberg threw for seven touchdowns the season in 2012. That was after throwing for 25 the previous season, so... Nate Stanley's up to, what is that, seven, eight touchdown passes thus far in two games? More than Iowa had, more touchdown passes than Iowa had in all of the 2012 hideous season. Just a great game by Stanley. Now, 
great in that he didn't turn it over, didn't fumble, didn't throw an interception, put money in the bank when he could. Iowa utilized its stuff. Well, who didn't Iowa utilize today? Let's count these up. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine different players caught passes for Iowa. And three different tight ends. Noah Fant had three. TJ Hawkinson had two. Peter Picar had one. Uh, Drake Kulik had a 26-yard reception from his fullback position. Nick Easley, seven receptions, 48 yards, and a touchdown. We talked about Wadley, four receptions, 72 yards. Amir Smith-Marset, that player that you remember from the Wyoming game that ran the jet sweep and fumbled, and everyone's like, oh, boy, going to the doghouse. And he never touched it again, and Kirk Ferentz said after the game and in, in, in um, media conferences this week that they, they wanted to go back to him, that they still had confidence in him. Yeah, they still had confidence in him. They ran a reverse with him down near the Iowa State uh, in the red zone uh, earlier in the game. This was his um, – he caught four balls in this game, two of them for touchdowns, including laying out in the back right corner of the end zone, the touchdown that tied it late in the game at 38. Amir Smith-Marset, the fastest player on the team. This guy is going to have a pretty productive career. And for 333 yards passing that Stanley had, uh, 27 of 41, there were three passes that he threw that he overthrew Iowa's receivers. Twice he overthrew Noah Fant and once Amir Smith-Marset. All three of those would have been... Well, two of the three, the first one to Fant and the one to Amir, Amir Smith-Marset, those would have been walk-off touchdowns, not even debatable. The other one was to Fant in the middle of the field, and he had two yards on the nearest of two Iowa State defenders, and I think he probably would have ran in for a touchdown as well. Stanley still needs work on his deep ball touch, but he's throwing the intermediate passes that require touch exceptionally well. Again, the Amir Smith-Marset touchdown in the back corner. That was a beautiful play. He put enough zip on the overtime ball, the eventual game-winning play to Amir Smith-Marset, and that kid caught the ball. True freshman, true, fre- true freshman receiver stepping up. Amir Smith-Marset, four receptions. Got to go back and look at the last time uh, an Iowa true freshman receiver had receiver had four receptions for a season, much less one game, or two touchdowns for a season, much less one game. Iowa is showing that they're pulling out some stops. By and large, an exceptionally well-called game from Brian Ferentz, and also a lot of great execution. I mean, Iowa came out and did what they expected probably to do. They established the running game. They had 41 carries in this game for 164 yards. That's an average of four yards per clip. Surprisingly, Iowa ran 82 plays in this game to 72 for Iowa State. So that means they were over 70 in regulation, which is a very high number for them. Let me see what they did in the overtime, how many plays they had. Scoring, drives, five plays, touchdown. So Iowa had 77 plays in regulation, which is a very high number for them. Last week they had 56. They ran 21 more plays in this game. Obviously put up a lot more yards. Just (laughs) pretty amazing. Pretty amazing outcome. And I tweeted this before the game was over and before regulation, and I even thought it while Iowa was still trailing late in the game. That I saw, remember last week I came on here and I said that, you know, I saw a lot of reasons to be optimistic for Iowa's offense. I felt that way watching this game again. We'll get to the defense in a little bit. But I felt that way, even if Iowa had lost 
the game that there were real signs to be encouraged offensively. There's no question about that. And they came back and won it. I think you can all see it. Nate Stanley, if he can dial in his deep game, if he can dial in that deep passing game, there's some potency here because teams will continue to have to load up on Iowa's running game in order to beat Iowa, and they will continue to do that. Nate Stanley is going to have an opportunity to throw to a lot of open receivers, as did Brad Banks in 2002 when Iowa had that phenomenal offensive line. I don't know if this year's offensive line is as good as the 08 offensive line. I don't think it'll be as good as the 2002 offensive line, but it could battle the 08 offensive line for the second best of the Ferentz era, and that says a lot, as you know. So there's going to be a lot of play-action looks. There's going to be a lot of open receivers. Stanley could have an amazing season. And Steve Dace just tweeted at me. He said, what did I tell you about the Iowa, that how Iowa historically prepares first-year quarterbacks? Nathan Stanley's off to a great start. Yeah, Drew Tate is a sophomore, 2004. Great season. Brad Banks. His, you know, after being in Iowa City for one year, his second year and final year, great season. Ricky Stanley, uh, Rick, Rick, Rickley, Rickley, whatever I said. Ricky Stanley, that's pretty good there. Ricky Stanley, a little bit of a, a mashup for Nate Stanley and Ricky Stanzi. You know, he showed some grit and toughness in his redshirt sophomore year in 2008 when he split time with Jake before becoming a full-time starter. So, tell you what, Stanley has some moxie. He has some calm. Matt Benson from Twitter, a guy, I think he works for, let me click on his, uh, I don't know where he works for. I wish I did just to give him credit. I think he works for a sports statistic company. Um, He's a great follow, at M Benson with an O at the end of Benson 6, the number 6, at M. Benson 6. Stanley is also the only the second Big Ten quarterback in the last 20 years with 300 passing yards, five or more passing touchdowns, and zero interceptions in a road game. Those are the kind of cool things that you're going to see if you follow Matt Benson, by the way. So definitely give him a follow. He might have had a couple of... Nate Stanley's the first Iowa quarterback with 300-plus pass yards, five plus uh, passing touchdowns since Chuck Hartley did that in 1907 and 1987 against Northwestern. Fantastic stuff. Sorry, I'm retweeting that and favoriting it for an, another time. I can't say enough about how impressed I am with this Iowa offense. Sure, did they did they leave some on the table? Yeah, was it perfect? No. But they ran that they gained nearly 500 yards. They scored a lot of points. You should be very excited about the direction and trajectory for this season based upon what we saw from Iowa's offense today. Now, I know that some of you are going to say, well, John, that's just Iowa State. They don't play defense. Iowa State's defensive game plan today was to be overly aggressive and present eight-man fronts up front. Iowa's going to see that all season. Iowa State has some talent on the back end. Or, you know, the bigger offensive questions we had coming into this season was Iowa's receiving core. How untested it was. Huge question marks. Two games in, especially today, and I think Smith, the, the big kid from uh, down south, he, he played today. He didn't get any targets, I don't believe. Brandon Smith. But I mean, what I'm seeing from Easley, Amir Smith, Marset. What we've got, what Iowa has with T.J. Hawkinson and Noah Fant, I mean, they're, and Akram Wadley in the passing game, 
they're capable. They're certainly capable. And, and, and Stanley made the makeables. He put the, the plays that Ken O'Keefe talks about, putting money in the bank underneath. Yes, he missed the top, top ones, but he made a lot of the makeables, and he made some great throws in this game. So hats off to him, the Iowa offense. The Iowa offensive line did a fantastic job under extreme duress. To having James Daniels back was a notice, noticeable difference because he's just an elite player at his position, the all-important center position. So phenomenal job there. Like Iowa State is just a much improved team. Their offense is incredibly dangerous. That was the reason why that in that particular environment at Iowa State and Nate Stanley's first ever road game in one of the most hate-filled environments he's ever going to play in until he does it again as a senior. That set of skill position players that they have is very good and will be among the best that Iowa will see this season. Now, Penn State has some good ones. Ohio State has some good ones. Iowa State might be at number three. And Iowa State's skill position players are good. Their offensive line played well. You know, for stretches of that game, Iowa struggled getting pressure on the passer with their front four. Iowa State throws for 347 yards. Jacob Park, 25 of 46. 46 again, 46 attempts. I thought he'd hit at least 45 or more. 347 yards, four touchdowns, one interception. David Montgomery, just a beast of a running back. Reminds me a lot of Akron Wiley, but built a little thicker. 20 carries, 112 yards. Um, Iowa State, Alan Lazard, just had 23 receiving yards on six catches. Surprised at that. He was targeted 14 times. Alan Lazard was targeted 14 times, just six catches. So Jacob Park, a little erratic. Hakeem Butler had a huge day. Five catches, 128 yards. Montgomery had 53 out of his running back position. I mean, Iowa State completed passes to one, two, three, eight different guys. And they've got two guys that are probably going to play in the NFL. By the way, Iowa targets Nick Easley targeted nine times to seven receptions. Wadley, four of four. Smith-Marset, four of six. Vandenberg, three of seven. Noah Fant, three of seven. Uh, TJ Hawkinson, two of two. Drake Kulik, two of two. Butler, one of one. And Peter Picard, one of one on targets, uh, on um, receptions versus targets. So I wasn't surprised that Iowa State put up yards in the passing game. If you'd have told me before the game that Jacob Park would go 25 of 46 for 347 yards and four touchdowns, I would have told you, yeah, that's about what I expect him to do. And it was. That's why it was a close game. It's why when Dace and I made our, our predictions, I only put one confidence point on this game, and I took Iowa State in a, in a, in a, in a one-point basically pick-em line. And it went to overtime. So before you want to dance on the how-you-like-me-now stuff, you know, let's just be real about it. Iowa State is a much improved team. And I think for the first time in maybe a long time, I leave this game thinking that both teams will be bowl eligible. Iowa State's Vegas over-under was five and a half. Yeah, it's not going to be easy to get to that, but do I think they can beat Baylor? Yes. Kansas? Yes. I think it'll be a tall order for them to beat Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, uh, and Kansas State. Do I think they can beat the rest of the teams in the, in the Big 12? Yeah, I do. I think they can. Texas included. Texas, who lost to Maryland last week. Um, I, I just, I'm just sitting here still with my head, a, a little bit of a buzz from, from what I saw. Just a fantastic, entertaining football game. There's so many things that we'll write and say about this this week. Iowa's defense wasn't the best day 
from a standpoint of the secondary. There were some clear breakdowns there. You know, Jake Gervas, um, Hakeem Butler beat him over the top. I also think that Butler wasn't jammed at the line of scrimmage maybe enough. There's some breakdowns there. But boy, are those things a lot more fun to learn and be coached up in a win than a loss. Iowa, by and large, I, I, I thought when they went up 21-10 that they could have gone to their nickel defense because Iowa State you know, was pass-heavy to begin with. And I felt that they were going to be more pass-heavy down 11 points in the third quarter. And I would have liked to have seen a defensive back out there as opposed to a linebacker covering a receiver. They didn't do that. Uh, the last drive of the game, A.J. Epinesa was in that. Uh, the last drive of regulation, rather. A.J. Epinesa was in the whole time, and he got pressure. I mean, he, he, he was felt out there today. Also got a half sack in this game. Josie Jewell injured his ankle late. Uh, good week to be playing North Texas next week. That's a get-healthy game for a lot of people physically. So good timing for that before Iowa begins Big Ten play coming up against Penn State on the 23rd day of September. Let me go through some of these stats real quick. I, I don't want to get bogged down in, in too much minutia on this. Iowa with a 37.07 to 22.53 time of possession advantage. Iowa averaged 6.1 yards per play to 6.5 for Iowa State. Both teams perfect in the red zone on scoring opportunities. Iowa 6 of 6. Iowa State 5 of 5. Iowa was 7 of 15 in third downs. Iowa, um, Iowa State was 4, four of 14. But that doesn't tell the whole story. This will get you beat. I can't believe Iowa won this game due to the stat I'm going to about to tell you. Iowa was 7 of 15 on third downs. That's great. Iowa's average third down distance to convert, 8.4. That's a losing number for Iowa's offense. It's a losing number. Yet somehow they won. Iowa was 3 of 8 on 3 and longs of 9 or plus. Uh, 3 of 4 on third and shorts. That's 0 to 4 yards. So they were 1 of 5 in between 5 to 8 yards on third downs. Iowa's yards gained on first down, 6.8. Another great week for that statistic. 20 rushing attempts on first down and 19 passing attempts on first down. Doesn't get any more even than that. Well, I guess it could, but you get what I'm saying. And Iowa had 40 first down plays. They gained another first down 11 times on those. That's another good number for Iowa. So hats off to Iowa State. Played a fantastic game. And when I talked to Chris Williams earlier this week, this will be my final thought for this installment of the HN Podcast. When I was talking to Chris Williams earlier this week, I said, I wouldn't mind if this series went away. And he said, you don't really believe that. And I said, yeah, I think I kind of do. Unless Iowa State as a program can elevate themselves to where if Iowa loses to Iowa State, it's not a national joke. In my opinion, by and large, Iowa has everything to lose in this series and very little to gain because when you lose to Iowa State, the nation puts it on Sports Center. And it also adds to, well, Iowa's just a pretender. They're, they're not really that great because how could they be? They lost to Iowa State. And when Iowa wins, they get no credit for it because they're supposed to. And, and that may still be the narrative after this game. But I think Iowa State looks like a much better football program, a more organized football program, a more disciplined football program than they have in recent years. They're recruiting at a much higher level. So that's one of the reasons why, to me, this was 
the most, the best game in the Iowa Iowa State series that I've seen in my lifetime. And the 2002 game was pretty amazing as well. Watching Seneca Wallace do what he did in that game. But it felt like to me, as much as Iowa State went out and won it, Iowa gave it away with turnovers late in the game. And like in 2011, Iowa State had three turnovers. So they, those weren't cleanly played games. This one, by and large, was. You know, Iowa got a field goal off the only turnover in the game. And that was enough to help send it to overtime for sure. But this was a pretty well-played game as far as not losing it. No team went out and lost it. Iowa went out and won it. And I think it was the best. And I can't wait to watch it again. And I appreciate you listening to this. So great, great win by Iowa. Great game by Iowa State. Cyclones. And I'm not patronizing you, though. I know some of you listening to this. The very reason you're listening to this probably means you think I am patronizing Iowa State. But I'm really not. After all, I picked you to win all week long in podcast, in print, on the radio. Much to a lot of you know derision from Hawkeye fans. So I don't just go out and invite, you know, hate. I thought you were going to win this game because I thought you had a great offensive football team, and I think that you do. So congrats on a great effort, Iowa. Congrats on a great effort and coming out victorious. Right now, I had Iowa 6-6 six and six before the season began, and I gave Iowa a 4-10 chance to win this game against Iowa State. That's how I did them this year. Right now, Iowa is plus one on the number of wins that I thought they'd have. I thought they'd beat Wyoming and lose to Iowa State. Right now, Iowa has a 2-0 uh, by their name. One better than I thought they'd be at this juncture. But thought, of course, that they'd beat. Um, I thought they would beat North Texas and go into that uh, Penn State game 2-1. and I think they'll go into it 3-0, and and that game will likely be on primetime, especially now that Iowa is 2-0. and So should be a lot of fun. We'll talk to you later on this weekend.